Hello and welcome to What Is It About the Weather? I want to thank you for joining me on this inaugural episode as we start a podcast journey together that hopefully will still be around four years from now when we reach Leap Day again. So what is it really? What brings so many of us together on the topic of weather? I know for myself, I work in the field, so, you know, I'm in and around weather all day long. It's a good part of my life and what I think about. For others, you know, they've always been enthusiasts, whether they like chasing storms or just watching the radar screen on the Weather Channel. For others, well, maybe they got nothing better to talk about. No matter the reason for your interest, I'm hoping that together we can have some fun sharing stories about the weather, learning some new and interesting things about the weather, well, and exploring generally the curiosities that keep us all so interested. So let's start off with some ground rules. First and foremost, the goal of this podcast is not going to be to do weather forecast. That's not to say we won't talk about interesting weather phenomena that are likely coming forward in the the days and weeks ahead. But I think it's important for me to emphasize here that you likely, and quite frankly should, have weather providers that you trust with your life, whether it be on-air meteorologists, in TV or radio, or folks at your local National Weather Service office. These people work hard every day to make sure you're safe, and sometimes get to talk about the the pleasant aspects of the weather when life-threatening events aren't at hand. So stay engaged with those folks, because you never know when their words may save your life. So, you ask, what is it we're going to talk about? Well, The goal really is to achieve a balance of things, and it really is to hopefully broaden the horizons of those that touch weather from a certain perspective or angle, whether it's those that work in the weather enterprise, those that are enthusiasts, those that just find it interesting. So we'll we'll hit on cases of past historical weather events, and hopefully the stories that go along with them, not just from a textbook or article perspective, but from real life experiences to make them more human, more personable. We'll talk about what the draw is that brings so many of us to weather, some of the technologies that are enhancing how we understand the weather or how we monitor and improve the forecast. And quite frankly, what is it about the weather? What is it? that brings us all to this interesting topic. So now the question becomes, why listen to this guy talk about the weather? Why is he qualified to have this conversation, lead this discussion? Well, there are a few things that make me qualified to do it. But first and foremost, I'm an enthusiast, and I think that's where the story should begin. So the year was 1973, and I was just a wee lad of six. Living in the southeast, my family had moved to the suburbs of Atlanta, Georgia in 1972. So we'd been there a little over a year, but my years had not really been impacted much by winter weather up to that point. Seen some snow before we moved to Atlanta, but it never had really connected with me. So here we were, January 7th, 1973. It was chatter, ice, freezing rain, 
sleet, snow, all these things that you hear actually quite often from meteorologists in Atlanta, you know, once or twice a year. But they didn't mean anything to me. Rain started. Some sleet. Wow, that was neat. Little dancing ice pellets on the ground. But, yeah, just all sort of melted. Seemed like rain to me. It's a big deal. The hours went by. Night drew in. And, well, out the front door you could start to see the tiniest impacts of the coating on the trees. Neat, I thought. That's kind of cool. Still, the ground was clear. Nothing to worry about. Well, that wouldn't last for long. Off to bed I went. But within a few hours, my parents were waking me up and moving me downstairs. Why? What was the concern? Well, the concern was this. Trees were snapping. Branches were breaking. And in the south... And around my house, pine trees were the norm. There were limbs falling on the house. There were trees leaning on the house. And upstairs was not the place to stay. Well, by the next morning, it was a winter wonderland. I had never seen anything like it in my whole life. It was amazing. This whole world was glazed over like a giant winter wonderland of just pure, pure, clear crystal. But with that came interesting things that don't make sense to you when you're six years old. You know, when a tree is lying on the driveway or on the house, doesn't matter much to you as long as it's not impacting you too much. Now, we had been without power for a couple of hours, but the fireplace was going. In any case, our house wasn't really designed to handle uh, a no-heat situation, lots of open spaces, and even if you tried to close it off, it would be difficult to keep things warm. So the family, very delicately, walked down this massive hill that is my, and was my family's front yard at the time. Get to the car, all five of us pack in, and off we go to find some folks that we know still have power. We were thankful. The good news was, for that storm at least, the roads were passable, safe no. But the worst of it really was on the tree limbs and the above the surface. So while the roads weren't completely clean, they were by no means impassable, thankfully. The next day I'd spend with people that I knew casually, but I was just intrigued, constantly wanting to be outside looking at all the ice. We got the news that our house had power again. We made the way back. And I would spend the next few days just enjoying everything there was to enjoy about a nice storm. Staying outside until your fingers and toes were numb, sledding on the hill. Enjoying the fires when you did come inside and a nice cup of cocoa. Well, and quite frankly, being out of school for the bulk of the week. That was it. I was hooked. I would spend years upon years waiting for return of similar events, thinking that this was something that was going to happen on a regular annual basis, only to be disappointed quite so often as happens in Atlanta. So while an important weather event for me, this is not one that you'll hear often in the stories of great historic weather events, but for Atlanta, it was quite a meaningful event. 
in the early 70s, Atlanta was just beginning to experience its population boom. But at the time, it was still predominantly a tree-covered city. Many of those, though, were pine trees. And this would lead to what some of the problems were. On the 7th of January, the rain would begin. And as I mentioned in my telling of the story, there was some sleet mixed in. And later in the day, as temperatures started to hover around freezing, the freezing rain would start to attach itself. What was particularly challenging with this situation is there weren't a lot of advanced forecasts. So while people had maybe that day heard about it, they hadn't prepared for days in advance. So they knew it was coming. They didn't really know what to expect. And quite frankly, they didn't have a lot of cases to look back on for many of the people that were just moving in the town. They came from the north or were used to snowstorms. Didn't think much about Atlanta folks maybe making this a big deal. But in any case, snow was not what was happening. It was rain, but it was a lot of rain. And who would have guessed that by the next morning that parts of the city would have experienced up to four inches of ice-coated branches? Well, as you can imagine, those branches snapped. Trees snapped. And it was devastating to the power system. Fortunately, as I mentioned, my family was without power for only a couple of days, but there were many uh, in nearby neighborhoods that were without power for a week or more. Now, this ice storm, interestingly enough, impacted kind of a swath from the North Georgia area over to the coast of North Carolina. And again, while it's not considered a, a big national event history-wise, for those regions, it was a pretty big deal, and is one that is remembered by those of us who have been in Atlanta all those years, and is still referenced when Atlanta experienced a big ice event just a couple of years ago about the differences between the great 1973 ice storm. In researching some of the history about this event, I did come across a book entitled It Happened in Atlanta, Remarkable Events That Shaped History, which I recommend, and I'll put in the show notes for those who are interested in reading a little more, as it talks about not just that event, but how impact events like this, even though they don't happen in Atlanta very often, about every 10 years seem to wreak havoc on the city and remind everybody why they need to be prepared for such events, even if they happen on a seldom basis. I'd also be curious to hear from you if you were around in Atlanta for this ice storm or even in other areas of the southeast and have stories about how it impacted you or maybe how it got you engaged in weather to begin with. So please send me an email to whatisitabouttheweather at gmail.com and let me know. So now you know what first got me hooked, but the question is, where have we gone from there? Now for the rest of my early years, like I said, I sought out snow events and was frequently disappointed living in Atlanta. But I also loved a good thunderstorm. And what people never understood is, why would I like to go out walking in the rain? I don't know. For me, it's just something about being in the weather that is refreshing and enjoyable. However, my path through schooling and my early career years wouldn't take me to weather. I'll always consider myself a little bit of a geek or a nerd. That would be played out through the IT community. And for the first 30-some-odd years of my life, Weather would be an enthusiast-only passion. So here I was in my mid-30s, not exactly having a midlife crisis, but at a reflection point. 
thinking, do I want to keep doing what I've been doing? Or might it be time to try something new? And my wife reminded me of how interested I'd always been in the weather. Well, what I didn't want to tell her is, even though I was interested, quite frankly, I wasn't sure I was capable of handling the math and the science that were necessary to go back and get a degree, much less a graduate degree in the field. But I said, what the heck? I dove right into six semesters of calculus on an accelerated course and refresher physics and found, well, maybe I do. Just maybe I do. After applying and getting started in grad school, I would spend the next couple of years focused on, what do you think, snow research, doing my thesis on that. However, I did decide, let's just stop with this master's thing. I'm not sure I could live the life of going on to a Ph.D. So I've spent the last decade or so intertwining my early career with these new meteorological skills that I gained in grad school in a career of the weather enterprise that's touched on topics from tropical cyclone to snowpack and streamflow forecast on time spans that have ranged from forecast out just a day to out a year or more. Another good thing in all this is I've met a variety of people and worked with a variety of people that have skills that really cover the gamut of what happens in the world of weather forecasting and the world of weather in general. So hopefully we'll be able to call on some of them over time as we move forward and understand, hey, what got them into weather. So hopefully at a minimum, this makes me at least qualified to talk about the weather. Now, where do we go from here? It's pretty simple, really. I'm hoping to create an environment where we can talk about the weather and how much we enjoy it, what's interesting about it. What created your interest to begin with? So we're going to do that two ways, I think, at least to start. A couple times a month, we'll put together something on the order of 30 minutes in an audio podcast. Someday that might have a video component, but I don't think that will be for some time. Give us some time to have a little deeper discussion maybe on interesting historic events or topics of interest to you where we can dig a little deeper get a little better understanding of, of a certain situation or a past story or your stories for that matter. Then on top of that, we'll do a video piece again, hopefully a couple times a month. It's more like a Q&A. In those cases, we'll take a question that's well suited towards a visual explanation and try to get you an answer, in something that's well, probably wrapped up in a three to five minute time frame. So again, couple longer spans each month and a couple shorter things, but hopefully, all in all, enough to kind of keep us engaged in an ongoing conversation that we can all enjoy. Now, I hope you'll be patient with me, as you could probably tell from this first recording, things are a bit rough. I need to get equipment to do this right, both audio and visual equipment, and I need to get used to doing this kind of podcast thing. While I have no fear of public speaking. I've never done audio and video recordings. I'm not a broadcast meteorologist, so I don't have that skill set. So it'll be something new to add into the, the mix. And I appreciate your patience while we go through that process together. Hopefully, hopefully the podcast uh, and the videos will be interesting enough to overcome that in the beginning 
as I work to find a rhythm so that I don't sound like a stilted clown in a podcast. But we'll do it together. And an important piece of that, as I've said all along, is you. I want to hear from you. I don't want this to be about Mark talks about the weather. I want it to be what the title is. What is it about the weather? And for that to be successful, I need to hear from you. I want to hear your stories. I want to hear your suggestions. I want to hear your feedback. And as I mentioned earlier, if you have something related to the 1973 ice storm that we could cover next time, it'd be great. That kind of response to the previous episode will be useful. But again, if there's topics, if you have questions that you want to have handled in the video Q&A, that will be equally as important. So let's talk about how to get hold of me, at least for now and start. The easiest way is, of course, by email. Again, the email address is whatisitabouttheweather at gmail.com. And feel free to write me text, or if you want to attach an audio file, that's fine as well. Whatever's most convenient for you. Uh, If you do attach an audio file, please let me know if it's okay to use it in a future recording, as I'd be glad to. Also, uh, there will be a website. It does exist today. That is, whatisitabouttheweather.com. But as you can imagine, there's not a whole lot there yet. I do hope to frame that out with resources that you can use and hopefully uh, things like show notes or information that might provide a little more insight around a completed podcast or information to support what was discussed in the podcast, especially if we look at some particularly historic event where we're not going to get into mass details, but there might be some very useful resources to share. So those are the initial ways to engage. That will probably grow over time. Uh, You will find that my Twitter feed, my Instagram feed, and uh, for those of you who want to connect with me professionally, my LinkedIn information or ways to do that are all on the website. I will tell you that uh, pretty much if you look for Mark, the last name is Jelinek, J-E-L-I-N-E-K, you're likely to find me in those three places if you look up weather, climate, in association with that name. Although, you know, sometimes it's better just to go to the link and get straight to the source. So all those things are available to you. Now let's discuss how you can help me, first and foremost, share. Like I said, I... That's what will make all this work. I look forward to doing it. I genuinely do. This is a new thing for me, but I've talked about it for a long time, and it's been a kind of like weather. It's been an interest for a long time. So I'm hoping it's something that can work for all of us. But none of this stuff is free, and I would like to keep the podcast and videos free of advertisement. And if if you find value in this podcast, I doubt you're going to on the first episode, But over time, if you're finding value in what you're receiving, um, I subscribe to a a model that has become pretty popular with with podcasting, uh, the value-for-value model. And I'm going to do that through the website Patreon. All you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash weather, and you will learn more about ways to support the podcast. Uh, Again, if you find value, if you don't, no need to. But if you can help, it'll take the initial steps to get proper equipment in place, to get the just the fundamental cost in, in hosting uh, 
audio and video files, and a basic website covering some of those basic costs, and then hopefully shaping out a more regular schedule to where I'll be able to commit the time and, and resources necessary to make it happen on a consistent basis from month to month. So let's go figure out what it is. What is it about the weather that we all enjoy so much? Thanks for listening, and I look forward to talking to you again. This is a Two Red Sofas production.